Hi, this is Tia Sirkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with us. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined, as always, by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 170. I can't believe we've got 170 episodes under our belt, and this is something I'm very excited about. Um, when we first started up Twin Sons, Jesse, uh, you were not a part of it. You were a good friend of mine. You listened to the show. And then um, once we got to episode 70, you joined the team. And so today, as we're recording this, this is your 100th episode of Twin Sons Transmission. So congratulations. Yay. Thanks. I'm, that's crazy to me that we've been doing this this long. Because sometimes in so many ways, I still feel so new to it almost but it also like the nerves of it are gone and it just like feels like we're just hanging out and talking about star wars at this point i used to be so nervous for every single episode (laughs) no matter how simple the topic was that we were talking about i was so nervous that i was gonna sound stupid or say something that didn't make sense and everybody was gonna be like oh she doesn't know star wars (laughs) but yeah i don't feel that way anymore and i think 100 episodes i guess will do that (laughs) Yeah. Well, you've you've done more recordings than 100 with us. Um, I think right. there's a couple, there might have been like one or two episodes of Twin Suns Transmission that you weren't on for some reason or another. But then mm-hmm. we've done, like, uh, I think we did a debate special for Twin Suns Transmission one time, which wasn't included in like the numbered episode. So it's, you're there, you're there, you're right. at 100. Um, and I remember, I, I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit. I remember getting a call from you and I was looking for a new podcast host at the time. And I remember you saying to me that you'd be interested in doing this and that you would help bring in that newer fan base because that's what you were. You were a newer fan that was sort of, you know, learning about the fandom and learning about Star Wars. And, you know, we've been friends. I think we figured it out on one of the most recent episodes when we were talking about Clone Wars, like we've known each other for 12 years now, I think. Yeah. So we've known each other for a while. And I mean, it it was a shoe in. I was like, done. I'm glad to have you. (laughs) Like, I wasn't even thinking about anybody else after that. I was like, I am 100% into that. I love that idea. And you got all your, you know, recording, your recording equipment and the rest is history. So I can definitely tell that you've gotten more comfortable with, you know, podcasting because it is nervous. I mean, it's nerve wracking, you know, when, right. you, when you first start. And I know when I first started, it was a it was a live show. So people like tuned in live and I was like, oh, crap. Like if there's an issue with getting a guest right. on the show or, you oh, know, gosh. like we just have to stall with waiting for them to, you know, call in or whatever. <laughs> right. So, but that would be so more scary. Yeah. 
But I'm super excited for your 100th episode that I decided to kind of go through some of the things that I felt like were highlights. And, you know, I didn't necessarily prepare you for this. Um, (laughs) But uh, if you have some of your highlights or things that you feel like, you know, some of your favorite shows maybe or some things that you felt like uh, really were special with Twin Sons, we'll go to you after that. But... I was looking back up at some of the older shows, and so you had your first episode on August 24th of 2016. That was the first one where we, like, introduced you as a host. Yeah, and um, so it's coming up on, like, four years of of recording here in a couple months. Um, Wow. Yeah, you've been with us through four theatrical releases for the movies. So that's Rogue One, Solo episode eight and episode nine mm-hmm. and you have talked uh and re- we reviewed together both seasons three and four of rebels the entire season of star wars resistance the final season of clone wars you were with us for this uh star wars celebration this past year last year and we interviewed vanessa marshall which is if you guys want to listen to that interview it's episode 116 we also interviewed mirna velasco from star wars resistance and that's episode 146 if you guys want to go back and take a listen to that one and then also we interviewed delilah dawson which was not for twin sons transmission it was for our book club which you actually, it was your idea to do that when we originally started up the book club and we had a logo made and everything, and it didn't really take off right away, but we've kind of gone back to that, and now our book club is its doing very, very well. So you've you know definitely helped contribute to Twin Sons in an amazing way. You do so much for social media, and um, it's just been awesome to to kind of not only see you grow as a podcaster, you know, but as a way to continue our friendship, you know, just because it's always like that yeah. that check-in every couple weeks or every week. So um, it's just been awesome to to kind of go on this journey with you. So yay, 100 episodes. No, thank you so much for having me. And it's been such a joy. Like I, it, it's allowed me to, like you say, it's like our, I don't think our friendship would be, you know, potentially as strong as it is now if it wasn't for me joining this because it's it just it, it, I mean how how many people do you sit and talk to for just like hours about Star Wars mm-hmm. once a week even like the same person like sit down and talk for over an hour or like we'll talk beforehand and or like it's just it's really kept our friendship really strong and I really appreciate being on this for that um, and it's just, I just am so happy that you welcomed me into this because I was so nervous to put my name into the hat and say that I wanted to do it. I remember I sat on that idea for like a couple of days being like, I don't know if I should, like, <laughs> I'm not like, you know, like the most well-versed Star Wars fan at the time. I, you know, I love it, but I'm not on Eric's level or any other podcast person's level at that time that I had was listening to. Um, I mean, now I think I'm a pretty good contender after all these years of being so immersed in it. Uh, but I was so nervous then. So I appreciate you taking a chance on me and uh, valuing our friendship. And it's just been such a ride and I love it so much. So I'm really happy to be a part of it. It's 
it's just an overwhelming positive experience all around. Yeah. Well, we're definitely happy to have you. And, you know, like you said, you are a contender. You, I'm constantly surprised that how far you've come. Like, you have really become this person that, like, you know, really will bring engaging thoughts to podcasts. And that's, that's what happens. As podcasters, you have to think almost like in a different way, you know, almost like, how are we going to make this conversation interesting? What topics are we going to talk about? And, um, you know, you're really good at, at engaging in that way and coming up with different ways to make people think or like, even if we talk about an episode of Clone Wars or, or whatever, and you have a different viewpoint than I do, then it makes me think more. And I think it's just really, it's really entertaining for people to listen to. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. So congratulations. And uh, here's to another hundred more episodes. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Now it's been a very exciting week, and this this episode is going to be a little bit different than say your your normal episode. Uh, we'll talk about a couple exciting things in our lives, and then uh, we'll kind of get to the uh, Disney Gallery, the Mandalorian documentary series that we've been getting on Disney Plus. But one really exciting thing that I wanted to bring up, Jesse, is that um, on May 11th, which is over a week now, week ago, I proposed to Amanda. So, yay! Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. We've been together for a couple years now, and um, I finally decided to, to pop the question. It's been, it was kind of a, a, a challenge with COVID, you know, making sure to. Like I had a, I got the ring from um, a jeweler in Canada, and I guess the regulations and restrictions for you know shipping things in Canada is a little bit different than it is here, so you know getting the ring was was a pain, but it showed up yeah. and she said yes, which is the most important part. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm sure most of you know Amanda from our book club, and she's been uh, very present on social media now. She's uh, Twin Sons Amanda on Twitter. I'm sure many of you probably have seen her posting on there. But yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, I'm so happy for you guys. I feel like you told me about this a while ago when you were originally planning it. And I just have been like, holding on to that secret and just waiting and trying so hard not to say anything or I was like too afraid to even text you to be like have you done it are you getting ready to do it because I was so afraid (laughs) I was gonna ruin the surprise somehow that Amanda's gonna look at your phone or something and I'm just so happy for you guys you guys are perfect together and you really complement each other and support each other and I feel like I've seen that even more now with Amanda working so much more closely with Amanda on Twin Sons um, on multiple projects now that Twin Sons has uh, involving Amanda, and I have gotten a new friend out of the deal, so I'm definitely happy with your life choices too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah, I've uh, that means a lot. I've been getting a lot of questions from people too, like, "Well, you're gonna have a Star Wars wedding?" And I'm like, "Well, I, I just don't know. I don't know if like walking down the aisle in stormtrooper armor or something is where I'm at." <laughs> But I think, right. you know, having little aspects of Star Wars throughout the wedding and the reception and, and things like that are, are more our speed. And we'll probably do uh, maybe some Harry Potter as well, kind of like what you did. 
Um, yes. You had a little of both in your wedding because those are two huge things in our lives as well. So uh, we'll kind of have a little flair when it comes to that. Um, and that's how I used Harry Potter for, for the proposal as well. So yes. um, that was pretty cool. Uh, which yeah. we're, we're actually going to, I have it on video, so we'll probably mm. get an edited version to, to post out just because the video is like 10 minutes long and no one wants to watch that. So, <laughs> but no, that, that's awesome. I feel like the, the touches are in like the Easter eggs in a way throughout a wedding are it's, it's equally as fun as having like a full themed wedding. Yeah. I think a themed wedding now, now granted it's our day, it's about us, you know, and it's, it's hard not to, to think about like what other people want for your wedding. But, you know, I, I really do think that like, mo like my grandfather would not want to be dressed like an Ewok, you know, so. <laughs> I know. It is such a hard thing. Cause you're like, yeah, you, everything should be a choice because it makes you happy. But at the same time you are like throwing a party for everyone. Yeah. You know? Yep. And it's, it, you just want to look back on it and it's, it'll be beautiful no matter what you guys do and no matter what you guys decide, but I'm sure you'll add some really cool Star Wars flares that we'll all love to see. Yeah. It's very exciting. It's, it's definitely going to be a challenge trying to get a venue because of COVID. So many people are trying to book their, their weddings, you know, um, yep. for the same time because they all had to reschedule or some got canceled or whatever, but We'll do our best, and we'll keep everyone updated. It's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome time. I'm excited. Um, she's excited to be Mrs. Pfeiffer, so <laughs> that'll be cool. And like you had talked about, you've been working with Amanda on a lot of new projects, and one of those new projects is something that you announced on May the fourth, and that is our Space Buns, sort of like video video series, video, video show. series, yeah. Yeah. So that is basically done. So I know we've kind of teased that for a little bit now. Um, the show is done. We are waiting on one thing, and that is a logo. So once we get that logo finalized, we will have this out, and you guys will be able to see it. So, um, you know, sorry for the delays on that, but it is coming. Do not worry. Uh, we'll have, uh, like you said, Jesse, I think the first episode's Padme. So um, it's, it's very exciting. I can't wait to get that out for you guys to see. Um, as always, we have the uh, How's Your Star Wars uh, video series out as well. So uh, it's been cool to see you guys enjoying that uh, on a weekly basis. So we'll have more of those episodes coming out soon. Now, one thing, another thing that happened that was very exciting this week, Jesse, is that I was featured on a collector's show called The Collector's Call. And this was uh, something that they had actually called me about uh, last year. It was like June or something like that, June or July of last year. And um, I went to work and I got a phone call and it was from a number that I did not recognize. And if you've been on my Facebook, you might have seen this story, but I typically don't like to answer those phone calls. I don't know about you. I don't you, think anyone does, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually like, uh, hi, we're just calling you for the last time to try and get you, you know, information IRS, on your warranty or something. Yeah, or the IRS wants you, and if you do not respond, you're going to jail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is like, the biggest scam out there. <laughs> yep. So 
I was sort of a little hesitant to answer this this phone call, but and it was a it was kind of a weird time too. Like I work at a collector store and I went and I was opening the store that day and so I'm there about an hour before the store opens officially to sort of get everything ready and it was it was in that hour window that I was getting the store ready when I when I got this call and um, it was me TV the collectors call and they wanted to potentially feature my collection on their collectors show so they told me a little bit about the show and they said you know we want to send out some some people to scout your collection to see if this is actually something that uh, we would be, you know, want to feature on our show. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Just out of curiosity, how did you find me? And they said that they went on YouTube and they found a promo video for the PfeifferCon celebration special event that I had. And I was like, wow, you mean that video where I was in a Stormtrooper onesie walking down the stairs with a stuffed pork and a Boba Fett helmet on? They're like, yeah, that one. I'm like, wow. Great. (laughs) Yeah. So so funny. But it was a video that my cousin Dan had put together, and we we typically try to get these videos out just to kind of help promote PfeifferCon, which is an event that I have not had at my house uh, other than the the PfeifferCon celebration special, which was... Uh, a couple years ago now, right? No, it was last year. It was last year. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an event where I invite family and friends over to to kind of you know walk around the collection, enjoy the collection, and things. So it was fantastic uh, to find out that that silly little promo video, you know, attracted the attention of a collector show. So they ended up coming out and doing the scout. And they love the collection. They're like, we want to feature this. We'll come out. And they filmed it on August 7th of last year. And it finally, on May 17th of this year, aired on MeTV on The Collector's Call. And it was a fantastic experience. Um, It's hosted by Lisa Welchel, who was Blair in the Facts of Life TV series. And she also was a contestant on Survivor the reality TV show uh, with the island and everything. So it was it was a fantastic experience. Uh, there's actually extras up right now. So uh, essentially the way that the show worked was they kind of picked a series of items. They picked them out or? Yeah, so I did my, essentially I did my like regular tour route. Mm-hmm. Um, when people come over to the collection and, you know, if it's not a PfeifferCon, I typically have a lot more time to spend with people to take them through the collection. And so I just did my basic tour route and highlighted some of my favorite items in the collection. And then they sent me an email basically picking 10 items that they would like to feature on the show. And now, granted, not all the items will be featured, but they picked some really cool ones that I'm very excited about. And those items were a Jabba's sail barge uh, swatch, a couple vintage figures from the 80s, a, a strand uh, of Chewbacca hair, a billboard from episode 1 in 3D when that came out in 2012, and some Princess Leia autographs. I think they showed maybe a couple other things, um, but then in the extras you can see uh, some of the items that were not able to make the final cut for the show. So, yeah, it was so awesome. It was so awesome to to be a part of. 
it was super cool super cool to watch i know i had like technology and timing issues so i ended up having to watch your episode this morning through facebook messenger with you propping me up on a little box in your house but it was really cool to see you up there and i had family members um snapchatting me the night before being like hey i know this guy and it's like yeah you do and it's just cool that you it's something that you've worked so hard on and put so much of yourself into and for it to be recognized in this way it's really cool I can't imagine how you're feeling but it's I'm so excited for you oh thank you yeah it's uh you said you had technology issues and you know obviously if we were not in a period of uh you know being in the midst of a pandemic, um, <laughs> I probably would have had more of like a viewing party and had a bunch of people over and, and things like that. Um, but I really have to give it to my parents because they, number one, they're very excited also. Um, my mom is in the show. She was there as my plus one to kind of add some commentary on, on not only the collection, but uh, me and, and kind of growing up in Pfeiffer cons and things like that, helping me hunt for items. But they did their best to, you know, make it feel like a party. So they, they wanted me to come over. So Amanda and I went over to their place and my grandma lives with them. So it's my parents and my grandma. And then my grandpa came over because he doesn't change the channel. He has like one channel that he watches and that's it. Oh no. Um, <laughs> so we all had this kind of like party and my mom had these little like tent cards um, that were had the collector's call on them and she got like blue and yellow balloons and she got me a couple gifts um which i'll talk about here in a second and then my dad made like a star wars quiz over the last week he popped the star wars movies in um at night before he went to bed while my mom was already asleep and did some research and came up with some questions to uh, ask us sort of like a game, like a trivia game um, before we watch the show. So it was really cool because they wanted to make it like a party, you know, because we we couldn't have like a a big party with a lot of people, but they, you know, they went above and beyond to to make it seem like it was super, super special, which it was. Um, Right. Trivia is like your favorite thing of all time, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And the crazy thing is, you know, so my parents, they they have direct TV and it was uh, powered by like a dish. That's how you get the signal. And it was a storm here the day that it aired, which was Sunday. Um, and it caused an issue with our signal. So like we couldn't see it live, which was crazy. <laughs> so I had to like come home and, and you know, because I have, I have Comcast, so... It's not a dish. It's it's cable, and and so I was I got it recorded at my place and stuff. Um, so you know, it was it was a little frustrating do, dealing with technology, but right. yeah, it worked out. It was really awesome. So um, if you guys have seen it, let me know what you guys think. I'd love to I'd love to hear from you guys uh, if you've seen the episode. Yeah, and and tell us if you agree with Eric's trade at the end or not trade. 
Yeah. <laughs> so essentially, they they bring an expert in to bring an item to uh, trade me for an item that's in my collection, and that's why the show is called the Collector's Call. So it's my call if I want to make that trade or not. Um, but yeah, it's it's very cool. I love the show. They feature a lot of really cool collectors. Um, they've done Batman. They've done Lego. They've done. Uh, what else? They'll Barbie. They did a Barbie one. They did a Twilight Zone. Um, they've done Elvis and um, Elton John, and so yeah, they they do a lot of cool stuff. Oh, uh, Nike shoes. So, oh wow! It's yeah. cool that you just get to be like the Star Wars representation in that show. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like you are the Star Wars collection. Like that's huge. Yeah, it's pretty surreal seeing, seeing your name like show up on the TV guide. It's like right, <laughs> wow, you know. So, <laughs> no, it's awesome. Yeah, thank you guys so much for for all the support throughout this. It's been a challenge keeping my my trap shut over the last year about the show because I've been so excited and then they originally told me that it was going to air on May third and I was like, oh, that's perfect because that would be perfect for. May the 4th, you know, and then COVID happens and things get delayed and, and stuff. So, yeah, but it finally came and it was awesome. Oh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the gift that my parents got me um, because this is actually very sentimental. So I've been collecting stars for a long time. And when I was nine years old, that's when episode one came out. And I enjoyed the Star Wars movies before that, playing with the little toys and, and things. Um, but when episode one came out and I saw Jar Jar and he was stepping in goo and Darth Maul was fighting Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, it was just like the coolest thing. I thought Padme was super cute. So <laughs> it was just like I loved episode one. And, you know, I, it got me more into Star Wars than I already was. And so at the time, Pepsi had a promotion and an agreement with Lucasfilm. And so all the Pepsi products, it was like Pepsi and Mountain Dew and Pepsi One, I think they called it at the time. Like the cans, they had Star Wars stuff from Episode One, and every can featured a different character. And I don't know how many there were, there were maybe 20 or something like that. And I remember having some of them. And obviously when you're nine, you love pop. <laughs> like you just wanted to drink soda. <laughs> Um, right. And so I had some of them, but not all of them. And, um, you know, and this is nothing against my, my mom or my parents, but, like, you don't expect your nine-year-old kid to be, like, the super collector when he grows up. And so right. when you have empty empty pop cans laying around the house, it's like, okay, it's time to get rid of these. You know, like, right. we need to get rid of these. They're just going to be sitting around the house. We don't need them. You know, you don't expect it to turn into, like, this giant collection. So my parents made me throw them away. And, you know, I never really held that against them or anything like that. My parents do so much for me. But it was just one of those moments that was like, oh, man, it would have been cool to have those. Um, So after, I guess, after the day of shooting, my mom, I don't know, somehow was thinking about that. Or they asked her about something that sparked those cans in her memory. And so she went... And she bought, like, a complete set in, like, a collector's case with a little N1 Naboo Starfighter that sort of acts as, like, the locking mechanism on this metal, like, case. She got all the cans. So I have all of the Mountain Dew and the Pepsi and the Pepsi One. And then she even went to another level and... (laughs) 
<laughs> Corporate Pepsi, at the time that episode one came out, they had a special, it's called the Destiny Can, and it has young Anakin and it has Vader on it, and it was only available for corporate Pepsi employees. And oh, wow. it came in like this really nice, you know, display case and everything. And so I got all the cans and I got the Pepsi corporate collector's can. So it was such a nice gift from my parents and, um, you know, just to kind of celebrate being on collector's call. So that's so cool. I love how, like, not only just like supportive your parents are, but just like how into it they are, you know, with you, you know, like to be able to like throw that crazy party and like find something so unique and, meaningful to you to like commemorate the event like that's just they're like the coolest most supportive parents ever (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they really they really are so (laughs) I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade my parents for anything so So before we start talking about The Mandalorian, I figured we'd do a quick news update and really the only thing that we got other than a bunch of rumors for castings for The Mandalorian is that we got a piece of news that is related to Jedi Fallen Order. Now that's a video game that was released by EA in November of last year and it's a fantastic game and they basically have been saying that Jedi Fallen Order is the first title in an entirely new franchise. So they're going to be, uh, I'm assuming, expanding on the story of Cal Kestis and some of the other characters that we get throughout that series. And I think they did a fantastic job with the story, and I'm very excited to see what this entirely new franchise means for Jack yeah. on Order. That to me means, like, movies, books, comics, TV shows. Like, that means, like, all of it. Like, this is, like, the launching pad of of what Star Wars is going to be now. Yeah. And they, I mean, I think they've done a fantastic job with doing, like, the facial scans for the characters. You know, because then you could have um, the actual actor, I think, what's his name? Cameron Monaghan or something like that? Monaghan? I don't know what his actual name is. But the guy who plays Cal Kestis, he could then play it in a live-action film. Right. Yeah, I didn't understand the importance of that. I just thought, oh, how cool it is that they, you know, used his real face to make it more realistic. But, yeah, that has to be the reason they did that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they've done so many things with this. They made it part of Triple Force Friday with the merchandise. They had a special, like, a bundle for Xbox with the game. They've done... There is a comic book series out already, actually. I don't know... I don't have too many of the issues. I think I have one of the issues. Um, and I haven't read it yet, so I don't know exactly what it's about. But they have a whole art of Jedi Fallen Order book. Like, they're they're going all out with this. So I'm not surprised, and I'm very excited. Yeah, I mean, it. I haven't played all the way through the game yet, but just... You got like, to. You need to. I know. Now I'm like, I'm like, oh my god. I was, I didn't even even aware of this piece of news until I opened our show notes and I like gasped. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, how did I miss that all of Star Wars is going in this direction? Um, 
But yeah, I the reason I stopped is because my TV is so far from my couch that the little lettering, like the the wording you have to read when you're like leveling up uh-huh. and, and things like that was so hard for me to read that, I don't know, I, I just d- deterred me a little bit because I had to keep getting up a hundred times to like stare three inches from the screen to read it but that's not a (laughs) knock on the game whatsoever that's a size of tv versus couch to ratio issue in my home so i just need to get over it pop a chair three inches from my television and get through it because this is really exciting news there are so many parts of this game and i'm not going to say anything because you haven't finished it but it's awesome it really is good and it 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 explains a lot more of the story of Star Wars and where certain characters come from and the state of certain planets and things like that. So, um, yeah. Maybe after I finish, we should have like a episode. Like if this is the way we don't usually do this, we don't usually have full episodes, you know, based on the storylines of the video games. But if this is, you know, what Star Wars is going to be, maybe it's something that we should dedicate an episode to after I'm completely through it. Yes. Spoilers. We'll let you know if you haven't played. Spoiler warning. I'm all about that. And I also, once this COVID is over, you need to come over so that we can play uh, Vader Immortal. Because yes. that, I Dying would also love, that. yeah, I would also love to have a, a discussion on that. So. Yeah. I'd love to. Can't wait. Okay, let's go ahead and begin our discussion on The Mandalorian. So uh, we are going to be getting to talk about The Mandalorian, I guess it's the Disney Gallery they're calling it, uh, The Mandalorian Documentary Series, and uh, so far they've done three episodes, I believe there will be eight of them, and each episode focuses on something different. So episode one, which was first released on May the 4th, focused on directing, Episode 2 focused on Legacy, and then Episode 3, which is the most recent one, focused on the cast. So we're not going to kind of, we're not going to sort of tell you what happens in these things. We'll kind of talk about it a little bit, but I mean, these are really good. They got me, they get me in the feels, you know? I know. I called Episode 2 in my notes the George episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they, they really emphasize what star wars is about and you can see in all these you know crew members and directors how important star wars is to them and i think that definitely is reflected in their work on the mandalorian yeah i 100 percent agree on that it's and the, the directors too it's you know, for me, I didn't personally know any of them prior to this. I think I knew um, 
I I knew Bryce from like Jurassic Park because she's like the main actress in Jurassic Park, the newer ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, didn't realize that she was also a director. It's just so cool, and I feel like we're getting to know them and um, some of them. Like um, I had all their names up on a thing. What have I done? <laughs> and she is Ron Howard's daughter, the director of Solo. Yeah. Yes. And. Getting to see, you know, and hear from Taika Watiti was really exciting too, because now it's been announced that he is going to be working on future Star Wars feature films. He's getting his own, you know, films. I don't remember if they said it was a series. I forget. But to know that he's going to be a future director we're going to be working with in the future of Star Wars is really exciting to get to kind of like get to know him in these episodes. It's really cool. Yeah. The biggest thing that kind of stuck out to me, especially with the first two episodes, was Dave Filoni's importance. And yes. to me, I don't mean that I feel like Kathleen Kennedy should be gone, because that's not what I'm saying at all, and I don't want my words to be twisted. But mm-hmm. what I am saying is that it almost is like a Leia grooming Poe thing for leadership. Like, I really do believe in my heart in the bottom of my soul, that what they're doing by putting Dave in these situations that are not what he's used to. You know, he's used to, Mm -hmm. you know, drawings and and animation and things like that, but they're putting putting him in live action and having him work with amazing directors like Jon Favreau and, you know, having him direct his own episodes and, and, like, under... John and you know he even says that he was really nervous to do his you know first episode directing it and and stuff but I really do feel like they are sort of grooming him for this sort of even more elite position within Lucasfilm that he's in right now you know he is like George Lucas version two he is and I feel like going back to like old interviews of Dave Filoni talking about his experience working with George on the original seasons of the Clone Wars. Like, if you think about it, that was like the, you know, first big project, you know, after the prequels. So that's like he was being, it the, also isn't it the one of the last things that George Lucas really yeah, the Clone fully Wars. worked on was the Clone Wars. So he even he even references himself as like the Padawan or the the learner the Padawan learner in a lot of those interviews when he's talking about um, his meetings and in conversations with George and I I 100% agree with you I I think he, we're going to be seeing Dave Filoni in a lot of I mean he's so integral now he's such an integral part of Star Wars and even when you hear him speak in these episodes. He, you know, there's a while where everybody's going back and forth, you know, they're all bouncing off of each other. But when he starts talking about the lore and about the hero's journey, everyone's quiet. And they're all just like hanging on every word he has to say about how everything goes from the Phantom Menace all the way to Return of the Jedi and that that huge storyline. Like he was saying things that I, I was like writing down. I'm like, what did he say about Qui-Gon Jinn? <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, these are, he has like he on he gets Star Wars like on a core level that I think even all of us fans who spend so much time sitting and digging and thinking like he just understands it on like that at the core more than I think anyone I've ever heard speak. <laughs> yep. 
he is so involved with it, not only as a fan, but as a creator and as somebody who, you know, works for the company that I feel like, like I said, is being groomed to become this elite, you know, member of Lucasfilm's high-end employees. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they even say that, I think a lot of people said it in one of these documentaries that more than anybody, you know, look at Dave Filoni. He's got this strong intuition of what George would say. He he knows what George would say in a situation. And, um, you know, they talk about what kind of person are you? If you're, if you're a good person and and you really appreciate Star Wars, then those are the type of people that you're going to hire. Those are the type of people that Jon Favreau wants to work with. And, you know, Dave Filoni just has something about him that he's irreplaceable, I think, in Star Wars. He is. He's invaluable. Like, just the way that he sees everything. And not only, like, did George, you know, impart all of that wisdom on him, but then he's able to take that and, like, take it to a deeper level and continue it on so that it's all cohesive and all equally meaningful and equally deep no matter how far we continue these stories I I think he's I need to see his name on the crawl at least of every single (laughs) (laughs) thing coming forward with Star Wars because you you see it all of the time on the internet like in Dave Filoni we trust and if his name's on something you're like okay I feel good about this like it stays there like he's gonna make sure everything's awesome like he's just He's it. He is. <laughs> he's the, the, the George of our era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think like what you were talking about with that whole Qui-Gon thing, you know, yeah. and me being such a huge Anakin fan, the meaning of the duel of fates. And I'm going to use that now in my arguments yeah. with people between Anakin and Obi-Wan. People are like, oh, Obi-Wan's better. Yes. Anakin sucks. I'm like, no, no. no here's Obi-Wan why. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, you know, you guys can go watch that, but there's a moment where Dave Filoni is talking about the duel of fates and about how this is, you know, the fate of Anakin and this little kid. And Qui-Gon was that father figure that he never had. And Qui-Gon then was gone and Obi-Wan became a brother and not a father. And it, it's just amazing what Dave says. And I think even Bryce Dallas Howard was like, all right, cool. Let's go. That was it. That's all we needed. You know, (laughs) so... He was like the last person to talk for like the whole last 20 minutes of the episode. No one else said anything. And they were all just like, wow. Like they kept panning to other people's faces while he was talking. And they were all just like hanging on every single word. Because it was, I think I said out loud during it. I was like, I'd like a whole TV series where just Dave Filoni talks. Like about (laughs) every episode of everything ever Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. And the cool thing is that he's just so humbling about it all. You know, he doesn't feel like he's like this, like, person that should be held up on this pedestal. I mean, he is so humbled by it, and he feels privileged to be a part of it. And, you know, he never feels like Star Wars is his, even though I feel like a lot of people view it as his now, you know? No, yeah. He's just, you can just tell that he's just a very genuine person like even just seeing him in person at star wars celebration this past year and hearing him talk about you know ahsoka and how much clone wars means to him and how much the fans like mean to him and how much he just recognizes all of it like as a fan he gets to have the ultimate fan job and 
and he recognizes that. And like you said, he's not like cocky about it or anything. He's just, yeah, he's just a cool guy. Well, what I want to do now, and they kind of talked a little bit about this in the documentary, is um, they talk about how Star Wars is for, you know, it's got a lot of young dreamers, it's got hot rods, it it reflects our own world in ways, and Mm -hmm. they talked about what makes Star Wars special for them, and so I want to kind of take a break from talking about the Mandalorian directors and the cast, and I want to talk a little bit about what makes Star Wars special. And as I was watching it, I wrote this down in my notes and I was like, I want to talk about this on the podcast. So I I remember sending you a text yesterday saying, you know, make sure that you have an idea of what makes Star Wars special for you because I want to talk about that a little bit now. So what'd you come up with? I, it's, I, I love, I'm so happy that you told me this ahead of time because I was able to really take this last day and really reflect on, you know, everybody has an idea of why they love Star Wars. And this, you know, made me really dig deep and, and think about, in essence, what is it? Um, and I think, for me, the theme of hope is really special. And it's especially moving in adulthood, which is when I started becoming a really big Star Wars fan. I had seen the movies when I was a kid, and I thought they were really cool. But I didn't become part of the fandom until I was an adult. I wasn't fully in, enveloped in it until I was an adult, until I, a few years before I joined Twin Sons. And uh, it's just, when you're an adult, I think hope is something that starts to become a little harder to come by. Like when you're a kid, you have all these hopes and dreams that just seem so, it seems effortless when you're a kid. You're just like, well, if I, if I do it, I can do it. They keep telling me I can do whatever I want. I can be whatever I want to be. That will obviously all come to fruition. And you don't really worry about it as a kid. But when you're an adult, you start realizing how difficult the world is and and how you you really have to have that hope. You have to have that perseverance and, you know, willingness to fail and keep going in order to really, you know, make it through as an adult in in so many different scenarios. And that theme of hope in Star Wars is so apparent and so always present. Like, no matter what's happening, no matter how, no matter the odds, no matter how dark things seem, um, there's always hope. So I just think that's probably one of the biggest things that inspires me um, through Star Wars. As well as, you know, when I was a kid, I think part of it, part of why I didn't totally get into it right away is because I wasn't looking at it as deeply as I'm able to look at it as an adult and to see that, you know, main theme. Because when you're a kid, I think it matters a lot, like the surface value of a character when you're a kid. I was just always looking for that character that looked like me and was the opposite of what I thought the, how do you say, like the, um, typical female character. So who was that? Was that Leia? So when I was a kid, I didn't find that character because I wasn't looking deep, right? Mm -hmm. I saw Leia as like a her name is Princess Leia. Mm -hmm. She's a princess. I'm not into that. I (laughs) am looking for the opposite of that. So as a kid, I was not able to see how amazing I now know Leia is and how, how, how much she is the opposite of that typical female character that I hated as a kid. 
and I didn't see it in Padme as a kid either. I, I've said this before. Um, I think I said this on Space Buns. I, I, all I saw was a pretty, pretty dresses, which is what you're supposed to see when you see Padme. That's part of her trick. But I wasn't able to think deeply about Star Wars as a kid, so I discounted that because it didn't have the female character that I thought I was looking for, um, even though I now know and recognize very, very uh, clearly that it did all along. And I was just, as a child, looking at it at that surface value. But I think even now, today, with you know all these expansions on the story that we've gotten... Um, there are so many characters that I can relate with, and it's not always a gender thing, but it's you can find that like female toughness on so many different levels. You know, you have not just like the toughness of Cara Dune, who has that like brute strength, but then you also have like the mentally strong Padme, the tactically strong Leia, the brave Jin, and then Ahsoka, who for me is just the kind of embodiment of growth through life and just becoming an adult and learning and growing and finding who you are um, and finding your own path. So I just think it's always, in a way, the characters that I had always been looking for as a kid, I feel like it's just filled. Star Wars is just filled with those female characters that I always was seeking and am now able to truly see appreciate them all for for who they are um and that underlying theme of hope that just you know you can see yourself in all these characters and no matter how dark things are or how bad things seem they always have hope and they always come through so i think that is kind of the main essence of what star wars means to me and just kind of going off of what you said about hope in episode two of this docuseries I believe it was Dave Filoni that said kind of when George was getting close to, you know, selling off his company and kind of getting toward the end of retiring and and kind of being done with Star Wars, he told Dave, remember to make the stories hopeful. And I think that Star Wars has continued to do that. And I think, you know, it's more than just you who are into that because a lot of people view Star Wars as that that sense of hope and that sense that there you know no matter how dark things get you know somehow palpatine has returned and he's got this final order and in 16 hours we're all gonna die right but there's hope you know they still keep moving like nobody answers the call to the you know leia's making the call they're at crate nobody answers but they still pull through they still keep going they don't give up there's just so many instances of that, and it's such a strong theme of adulthood in general that I think it's not only that theme, but that finding that theme at this specific time in my life as I was, you know, exiting or in college, about to exit college, uh, just trying to find my way in the adult world. I, I think it's, it's just an extremely valuable source of, of that, of that hopeful feeling and that inspiration and motivation. And of course, lightsabers and Baby Yoda don't hurt either. Oh, never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you? I've been thinking about this a lot, too. And, and when I was younger, I think I just liked it because it was cool. You know, like right. there were lightsabers and the Jedi could use the force and they could make people do what they wanted them to do. And, you know, Darth Vader had a breathing that was so awesome. And, you know, <laughs> the costumes, 
Like yeah. it was, it was all about visuals. And I don't even remember, but um, I remember, well, I do remember, when I was a kid, like, the Death Star blows up in Episode 4, but then there's another Death Star in Episode 6, and, like, I didn't understand. How could there be another one? That one was just blown up. Like, I didn't, it, it didn't even process in my mind that they were building another one, and they were rushing right. it, and, like, I just watched it, because it was Star Wars. Um but as I continue on and I think about the characters that really kind of have taken a special spot in my heart, and, you know, Anakin is obviously one of them because of the character that he becomes and from where we see him and how he gets there and, and his redemption at the end and saving, you know, I think they even said in this docuseries that Vader, Anakin, becomes the father figure that he never had and i was like oh my god dave just stick it in my heart and turn it like you're <laughs> killing me this is like this is so crazy the way that you think about star wars you know anakin has to be the father that he never had in return of the jedi when he's saving luke right. and i don't know it just the, the way that dave makes you think about star wars is really eye-opening and it, it, anakin's story is just I cosplayed him when I was a teenager, and I've just fully enjoyed the character of Anakin. And there's that sense of destiny that mm -hmm. Luke and Anakin and Rey have. They're all meant for more than where we first see them. And to watch them grow and to watch them feel the pull and to get to that place where they're supposed to be. You know, to me, I was a kid that had glasses and a kid that had braces and then I wore contacts and you know every kid has acne issues and you know I had a haircut that looked like someone put a bowl over my head I had one of those bowl haircuts and I loved the nerdy thing I liked my Jar Jar lunchbox I was a huge <laughs> Star Wars fan and so it's not something that I necessarily felt confident about I remember going to San Diego Comic-Con in 2004 to a fan breakfast, and in the goodie bag we got these, uh, well, at least I don't know if everyone got one, but I got a Chewbacca shirt. And the shirt was a little big for me because I was 14, you know. <laughs> I've grown right. into the shirt now, but I remember getting made fun of for wearing that because it was an oversized shirt, and it was from Star Wars. It was nerdy. Not everyone liked it, so I wouldn't wear it anymore. I would not wear my Chewbacca shirt to school because mm -hmm. it was something that I would get teased for. Right. So, and then once, you know, you get older and you just realize you don't care. I'm going to wear my Chewbacca shirt. Like, I don't care and, what you think, you know. And now that Chewbacca shirt, like, gets you a friend out in public. They'll be like, whoa, nice shirt. Like, yeah. it's just so widely appreciated now. Yep. And I think the community is a big part of it, too. You meet so many amazing friends through Star Wars that you would not have made if it weren't for Star Wars. Right. You know, we talked about, I don't think Star Wars was the basis for our friendship, but that's something that I first said to you. Like, that sparked within the, it. Yeah. Um, it did. And it gave us something to like, because, you know, when you first become friends with someone, like, you have to get to know each other and you have to have like a reason to hang out and like a reason to like, you know, connect and bond. And uh, you having me go through every single Star Wars that was out at the time gave us a lot of time <laughs> to, to connect yep. and bond. So, yeah, it's awesome. And obviously, collecting, being a, a part of a community that loves to collect, and there are just so many items. I love just acquiring things. 
that like I'm never going to be done collecting Star Wars. If I could buy 10 things every day for the rest of my life, I still would not be able to get every Star Wars thing that exists by the time I die. It's just, there's so many Star Wars things out there that it's impossible. And so always having something to kind of, what's the next thing that's on your wish list? You know, that's pretty cool. Um, So I don't know. There's just so many themes. Like you said, the sense of hope, the sense of destiny, you know, good triumphing over evil. Um, And even in that gray area. You know, they, they talked about it with Carl Weathers in this docuseries about, you know, not necessarily viewing your character as being a villain, but having people with flaws and people that are part of both sides almost. So I think like that's what's the, great about Star Wars. Yeah. Go, the act of, you know, recognizing that we all have that, you know, potential for darkness, but recognizing that it's not the way and overcoming it. Yeah. Is a strong theme as well. So I would really like to know what you guys, why you like Star Wars. What makes Star Wars special for you? Because I think that that's something that we can all relate to, and that's something that everyone has an answer to. You might have to think about it for a little bit, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something that's just like, I like it because I like it. Like, m- maybe there is no reason, you know? But I think if you really think right. about it deeply, you can come up with an answer that I feel like a lot of people will resonate with yeah please let us know comment on our social medias dm us tweet us whatever you want to do uh we'd love to read it yeah one last thing i want to talk about with this docuseries before we kind of uh call it a show is gina carano yes because i mean i didn't really know much about her before she got on the show and I didn't really follow her work too much. I might have seen her in Deadpool, but like I wasn't really paying mm-hmm. attention. I never really watched her Ultimate Fighting or whatever she did, you know. And I kind of had this like I, I feel ashamed about it, but I almost judged her a little bit. Like I felt like she was like this gritty, like tough person that like might have been rude in public, you know. And I don't <laughs> know why. It's just because of her profession She's got and that like tough girl look. Yeah. Yeah. But watching this and having her give Carl Weathers, you know, that amazing, like, tribute almost and talking about how great he was and how he's a superstar or whatever. Yeah, a superstar. And understanding that, like, she was learning and and how he was there for her. and, And I just felt like she moved up so many spots in my, you know, desire to meet list. Like, she just seems like the coolest person. She's such a sweetheart, and to also hear, like, her talk about how, like, this character, and, I mean, she, I mean, you know, she is, like, a, she's an MMA fighter. She is, like, a strong, like, if you want to talk about, like, strong women that I was looking for when I was 10, she would have been it. Mm-hmm. And to hear that she, like, felt, you know, everybody struggles with that, I think, like, body confidence, and talking about how... You know, I think like, you know, the what's what's mainstream body, you know, image is like that real skinny, like, don't be too muscular because then you'll look, you know, too manly. Like, I feel like I was even told that as a kid when I was like doing sports. I was like, oh, like, I don't want to look too manly. Like, you know, they put all these things in your head, and, you know, just mainstream social constructs. And to hear that she, you know, had that body confidence issue because she is so strong and she looks so strong and she's 
so awesome looking in general. But she had a body confidence issue in that the Mandalorian, this being part of this, like made her like love that part of herself. I thought was super cool because it definitely made me want to have bigger muscles for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know where I heard this. I don't know if it was on the Star Wars show or if it was at Celebration or where I heard it or I don't think I'm making it up. But um, uh, basically, I remember her saying, like, well, you're, are you sure that you want me to have, like, my arms out? Like, are you sure you don't want me to have, like, long sleeves or something? I remember her saying that. Yeah. And Dave was like, or not Dave, John Favreau was like, no, you look great. Like, I want people to see that you're strong and you're muscular. You know? She's like, yeah. yeah cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that was, at, that was at Celebration for sure when they were all on stage during the Mandalorian panel, I think. Yeah. Well, she jumped up a bunch of slots on my list, so I, I hope that she shows up to an event um, because she looks so sweet. Like, she's, she's she just is... Yeah. She's awesome. She looks like she's someone who would be very easy to talk to, for sure. She just seems like a very genuine person. Yeah. Last thing before we go, I thought it was hilarious that they were doing the scene with Pedro Pascal taking his helmet off and he's all bloody from the battle in his oh, makeup yeah. trailer and he steps out into plywood and has to go to the hospital and they think it's a lot worse because he's in makeup for getting all bloodied up. I thought that was hilarious. That was um, good. Yeah. So it, it seems like everyone had such a great time on the show making it. So. And I love too with uh pedro and the character of the mandalorian like getting to see the other people that embodied uh the mandalorian and getting to meet them and, and seeing how the three of them in all of their individual strengths yeah. uh, is what brought the mandalorian to life so i thought that was a really cool little part of this show latif crowder and brendan wayne yep. so yeah these are awesome. They're not even that long either. I think they're between, I think the ones that are, I think the longest one is like 32 minutes and the shortest <laughs> one's 25. So they're really not that long and they really give you a lot of information and uh, a lot of really cool behind the scenes things. Now I'm waiting for the child, you know, this has got to be yes. something that they're going to feature on a whole episode by itself because they've sure. done like directors and cast and legacy. And so the child has to be coming here pretty soon. Um, I think so. But these episodes kind of remind me of like, you know, like with Clone Wars, we had the Clone Wars download and Rebels had Rebels Recon. They're all, those were all like little four minute episodes that you had to like log into YouTube to get, you know, extra content of from the directors and the cast and crew. You had to go looking for that through, you know, YouTube or StarWars.com. And they were only four minutes long. And these are like 30 minute episodes like of an entire season of just the mandalorian so i just think it's super special that we get all this cool behind the scenes stuff because the show is really is epic and deserving of it for sure and speaking of being epic they've already confirmed season two it's in post-production it should be coming out in the fall and there's rumors that season three is happening already before we even get season two, which is exciting. Uh, a ton of rumors on casting. I think people are just starting to make jokes out of it now. I saw one person was yeah. like, oh, yeah, Kitster is going to be in Mandalorian season two. I'm like, I know. Kitster. Okay. It's like so many things have been like, I'm doing air quotes right now, announced because it's nothing has been officially announced that it's yeah. like at this point, I'm like, 
now I'm starting to not believe some of it. So yeah, <laughs> I, I wish we could just get like, I know it'll never happen again, but the way they were able to keep the child under wraps, which I get how that was a bit easier because there was no one person who was cast, you know, as the child. Yeah. Um, but I just wish we could get like a full season of like unspoiled of who's going to show up. But yeah. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very exciting. Can't wait for that. So thank you guys so much for listening to our episode. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to talk about the new and exciting things that are happening in our lives, um, as well as the behind the scenes for The Mandalorian. For the month of May, we are continuing our reading on The Rise of Skywalker novelization by Ray Carson. I think we are, by the time this airs, no, we're, we're on week three. So we've got like one more week after this leading up to the end of the month to discuss The Rise of Skywalker. And I have to say, I don't know where you are, Jesse, in the book, but I'm caught up with our last week's reading, and there's been some really cool scenes that didn't show up in the film that I cannot uh-huh. wait to talk about. A lot, honestly, like right out the gate. Because I'm a little bit behind because I actually re-listened to our first week because I, there was so much new in it that wasn't in the movie that I just wanted to listen to it all over again. So yeah. I'm a little bit behind, but I am thoroughly enjoying this one for sure. Yeah. It's weird because you're reading a story that you already know what's going to happen because of the movie, but then like they throw little wrenches in your brain and they're like, whoa, this is a new scene. I don't know what's happening. So... Even when it's not a new scene, you're revisiting it from inside the character's head. When when you're watching a movie, you're outside looking in. And now we're like, when you read a book, you're like inside looking out. So you get all these different descriptors that you might have taken for granted when you were watching it. um, That really Mm -hmm. kind of like turn your eye to what's important, to what the characters are feeling. So it's, it's highly recommend. Yeah. Well, this Friday, we will have our week three discussion questions posted on Facebook and Twitter. We will then have one more week of reading and discussion questions. And then if you guys have any thoughts on the book and want to have them uh, discussed on the podcast, you can submit those to us. And then, of course, for the month of June, we're going to be reading Queen's Peril by E.K. Johnston. Of course, be on the lookout for Space Buns coming up here soon, the video series that Jesse and Amanda will be doing. And of course, make sure to be on the lookout for more How's Your Star Wars videos on our YouTube channel. Where can people <laughs> Where can people find us on our social media? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now on YouTube, all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right. And then if you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 170, Jessie's 100th episode. Make sure to congratulate her on social media (laughs) for 100 episodes with TST. Uh, We'll see you guys next time, and as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. 
Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Sons Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Yeah.